introduce yourselves, the band, what we have here. Um, my name is Barbara, I use she, her pronouns, uh, and I play trombone in Sofle Drone. Nice, nice. Yeah, I'm Chista, I play the, the drums in the band, and I use uh, he pronouns. Okay, cool. I'm Charlotte, I use uh, she, her pronouns, and uh, I play the violin. So you are working on a new album, which is mm-hmm. really cool, and you guys have been working really hard on that. Before we jump into that, once you guys have a new album, you guys are declared as post-rock. Do you guys still feel heavy coined with that term and that music? Is that like something you want to present yourselves as? I think uh, maybe it's the easiest way to describe our music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Probably that's my take on genre, music genre. It's just an easy way to describe music, but it's not necessarily uh, for me it's not necessarily the 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 term i prefer yeah it's a language to say okay here's what we're kind of doing but you're not going to say this is what we are Uh yeah yeah and i feel like we are like appropriating post-rock and maybe changing it a little bit to add like uh more neoclassical instruments or like different ways of uh so I wouldn't say it's not like purely post-rock. Yeah. 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 Um, you have the trombones and you have the violins, as you were just saying. It's not just typical drums, guitar, like, you know, the standard whatever rock. We actually don't have a guitar anymore. We have a harp player. So yeah, post-rock without guitar is... is Dead. It's over. Is it <laughs> <laughs> Can it be called post-rock? I don't know. You get be called maybe post-harp uh, songs. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Harp is beautiful. I love that instrument. Who plays that? I wanted to know, I mean, because you guys are such a big band, there's like what six of you now? Six? When you guys are together as a band, different instruments, how do you besides sort of the natural intuition of, you know, figuring out where the sounds go? I'm kind of curious is how do you implement all of those different sounding instruments to create a single piece and say, okay, I'm I'm taking these very different instruments. I'm taking a really soft harp alongside a trombone. How do you guys do that? A lot of our music are based on jam we did together. Mm-hmm. Like, for the first and the second album. Mm-hmm. So it comes pretty naturally. We just jam for like 20 minutes. Figure out, oh, this is, sounds good. We want to keep it. Yeah, and so we jam together, and then after, I take the responsibility to choose the best part, and organizing all the the parts and the instruments, and yeah. how we can do a song with it. You ever like record, you know, a whole piece, and then say, I mean, in the actual recording process, you had a part way later, maybe like eight minutes later. Did you ever take? one part that you had played way later and switched and organized it to maybe begin instead do you ever manipulate those structures yeah Mm -hmm. definitely i think it's like the most work is there like we pick up like musical lines or ideas that were in the jam and like well actually charlotte does that mostly (laughs) he organizes mostly it's more like a, a puzzle where you like put different pieces together and then sometimes switch yeah but the third the third album has been a different process. I don't know, Charlotte, if you want to explain that. 
Yes, because you, yeah. you, you wrote like specifically for some instruments, like you wrote some parts for the harp. So. Yeah, for the third album, we wanted to have a lot more instruments in the band. So we added uh, clarinet, horn, and uh, French horn, and um, cello. But we aren't jamming with the people who will be playing those instruments. Yeah. So I had to compose all of their parts um, with uh, DA, with the DAW. A lot of the, well, all of the songs have been uh, composed on uh, Logic Pro with uh, MIDI instruments. And then we had the uh, charts and uh, like a demo, a lot of demos to to practice on it and learn the parts and introduce all those new instruments. Yeah, and some of the songs, well, all of the, all of the songs are made out of the uh, jams we did or jam that I did myself alone or that I did with other other instrumentists of the band and one of the songs is just completely it's just a jam we did and it's mostly like in the same order we did it in the jam probably one of my favorite too even though at first i was not loving it <laughs> <laughs> do you guys ever take some of those jams from a really long time ago or is it something that you keep like we just m mainly use like more recent jams as go back in the vault in time and take stuff you've recorded a while ago and added it well i i feel like we we take some pretty old stuff because there was like a, a moment in the, the existence of the band when we were uh, practicing like jamming uh, a lot more like mm -hmm. much more often so i feel like we we have lots of material that we already like uh pre-produce like we i feel like we just go back to like kind of like old recordings and we make it into uh, new songs like we use a newer uh, improvisations also but we have some pretty old stuff that uh, charlotte digs up uh, okay like mm -hmm. cell phone uh, recordings and uh, old stuff oh yeah, yeah. Interesting. The majority of the the songs for the next album are uh, jams that we did in like 2019 and 2020. Yeah, you released your first album. You released in 2019. That was Anonymous Places. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. What's what are these first two albums for people who might you know have haven't listened to you guys before? What are those first two albums? What are the vibes? What are the feels? Mm -hmm. I think that the first album was more like. So we had just started playing as a band. It was more like we want to do post-rock. I feel like it went in a lot of directions, a lot of different directions. Every song is more like they're quite different. I wouldn't say there is a vibe. I do feel like we were trying to, we were inspired by other bands. And I think it shows a bit more in that album. And then in the second one, I feel like it personally, I feel like it's more joyful I really like it for that. It's, I don't know, it feels optimistic. Would you say optimistic as in sonically? And then also the sort of themes that you guys are grappling with? Both? I, I don't know. Both. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think with the melodies, all of the melodies are like more hopeful. Yeah. Some of them are just joyful. Yeah. 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 Also, it's, it, it's like the post-rock jo joyful. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I get what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> Joyful but still melancholy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's this beautiful way that you described your music. You had set up this really interesting dichotomy between fragility and strength. Those are the sort of words you've used just on your band camp and stuff. I think that's a great way to explain post-rock, but I don't, I couldn't tell you why. Is there a way you guys could tell me why choose those words or why think about post-rock in those terms? Second album that you came out with, yeah, it's a little melancholy. It's also a little uplifting. There's also a little bit of hints of positivity. So how does that coexist? How does that happen at the same time? It being fragile, but also being strong. Yeah, I think the mix between assuming imperfections in music, but also doing great buildups with like easy to listen chord progressions. Uh, that feels just right. <laughs> but that's what makes makes it uplifting. And also, like, yeah, I think it's more about the nuances when we play with only one or two instruments uh, and then goes with all the band with with big builders, right. but also big uh, crescendo, something more massive. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like some other genres of music are like, here's this picture, we're going to describe it to you, put it in music, but I feel like post-rock is more like landscape. So it's like very, you can't see my hand gesture now, but like go from <laughs> something very small to something very big, like mountains, and which was definitely like an inspiration for the first album, I would say. In a weird way, yeah, because there aren't these lyrics and you're not sort of forcing this theme or message through these lyrics or this aesthetic, right? It's just the instruments, and it's just, as you guys said, that buildup. And by itself, you have this, what happens to be, what, 8, 11, 12-minute songs that you have to really sit down and listen to. There's more liberty in what you're applying to the sounds rather than if they were, you know, specific lyrics that you're saying, this is is the story. I'm presenting you the story, whereas music, it's kind of just telling the story itself, and you can kind of figure it out. Mm -hmm. Do you have, like, other music that you would say completes those same sentiments i would say like uh, classical minimalism or neoclassical music yeah like what's that gonna look like in the new one well there's gonna be a lot of a lot of instruments that come directly from the classical music world like cello violin trombone harp french horn clarinet like that seven or six instruments that are gonna be so that definitely brings a certain color it's also about like uh, the composition the the musical arrangement that we use a lot of the when the same melody repeats but with another (laughs) instrument it's like a writing process uh, used in like orchestral classical music but, uh, but i don't know What's in English? <laughs> I maybe I don't know. I see. Okay, so kind of what you guys were saying earlier, as far as those those new instruments that you're going and then the compositions. When we go back to the other two albums, this ties back to I think the question I was just trying to figure out. Those two albums are they about anything specifically? Even though they don't have those lyrics, and you know, it is just this landscape. Did you guys have something when you were making that? Of like, this is what, what I don't know, what made y'all 
want to make these albums? Well, uh, for the first album, the signification came after we composed. <laughs> after you jammed, right? Yeah, after we jammed, and also for the second album. Yeah, after we recorded, even we like sat yeah. down and we're like, "What does this mean?" But I think the first album is definitely about communities and how it's tied to like landscape and how. The first one was well. The first one was like about finding community and places. And, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Like even though like the space might not be like continuous, you might be like separate, separate. Yeah, separated. You like still find a way to like link yourselves uh, together and connect mm -hmm. community through different places. Mm -hmm. And it was also about like there was also like a political approach to this. I think in the band, this is not something we talk a lot, but we're most we're a lot of us are queer, and we also are leaning to anti anti-capitalist approach so mm -hmm. there was like a so this was a way to say that we are against the system where yeah, yeah. you guys have a whole group so it must feel like your own little community in a way right yeah mm -hmm. and the yeah. second album too was about community like i think community is just something yeah. that links all the, the album together yeah. but the second one what was mostly about Care about care, like caring, yeah, relationships and friendships, also, yeah, yeah, that's in a, maybe less uh, in an important way, but maybe like a less epic way, like a more like in intimate way, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, okay. So, then what was that? Was there something it just is that a shared value among yourselves or something that like there's some sort of lessons that were brought about that was this is why community is important i want to talk about it right um you guys have this music and it's it's awesome and i'm like i how did you guys meet each other how did y'all's little community form we've met in the at school in at the cgep cgep saint laurent it was in, that college or yeah it's the college in quebec it's like the school between secondary school and university you don't, you don't go to university straight you have like a two or like a three years depending on the program so mm. it's like an in between basically a, like very like less expensive than the university yeah it's That's... a quebec specific type of school basically you guys met in school yeah, <laughs> we, like we, most of us, uh, uh, we, I mean, we all uh, study the music, so we all met uh, in a, a music program. Okay, so it wasn't just normal classes; it was music. Then, as we're making music before, you guys have to audition to get into the school or something. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the only member of the band that didn't go to Saint Laurent. That, that we haven't met in school is uh, Coralie, who played the harp. They're probably busy playing harp somewhere really cool. <laughs> so we've met in a, an event that displays guitar pedals, pedal companies. Uh, it's like a showcase of pedals. Okay. Okay. So you bring your instrument and you try the pedal board that you bring. 
So me and Tali, we we've met there, and we were the only two weirdos that weren't playing guitars. So I was like, "Hey, do you want to jam?" And uh, then I but... think we did one of my best jam ever. Time passed, and we, we had to uh, yeah. the the arrangement of the band. Like a member uh, quit the band, so we had to find another player. We had to re rethink the, the band. Uh, Chloe, Chloe was playing uh, the the guitar, but then switched to to bass, and then that's why we don't have guitar anymore. But we have um, a part. Do you guys think you'll ever bring in the guitar again, or, or for this album, it's just gonna definitely no? Just well, actually, there's one song with guitar. Yeah, it's a possibility. Probably come back mm -hmm. in some songs in the yeah. future. Uh, it would be a little ironic if you didn't have at least one little guitar piece in your best friend. <laughs> yeah, but the guitar, for, well, for now, what we're thinking is that the guitar is a guest player, not yeah. like part of the core band. But yeah, yeah. it was what? Charlotte's initiative to like get all of us together to play. It was her project at first. You guys, okay, so you are already playing, you were playing music before you met. Is there an instrument? Um, there's only three of you guys, so I'll just ask you know all three of you individually. Are there instruments that you're specifically drawn to this instrument more than this one, or this is something I found more natural? Yeah, I only play the trombone. I studied classical music, okay. um, so this was a, a first of like outside of the classical music world for me, which was a a big challenge at first. But now I'm was. <laughs> Yeah, do feel more comfortable in that type of music. For me, I really wanted to, like, I w really wanted to play in a band. And I was like, I have to learn guitar or I have to learn another instrument. But then I, I discovered post rock music, and that's <laughs> <laughs> then yeah. that's how I find a possibility to include my violin and <laughs> and save a lot of time. <laughs> There's a lot of Violence player in post rock band, there's Sophie Trudeau in Gottfried You, Black Emperor, or Jessica Mas in Silver Mount Zion. Uh, referenced Godspeed. Did you, I say, so what, what kinds of music did y'all listen to growing up? You seem like you didn't classical because you study classical. Yeah, well, I, of course, listen to other stuff than just classical music. I play classical music, but I, um, growing up, yeah, I didn't know about post-rock. I didn't know about post-rock before Charlotte invited me. Um, I remember that Charlotte just, we were outside of school. We didn't know each other that much. And you just came up to me and was like, do you want to play in my band? I'm looking for a brass player for a post-rock project. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but okay. So, <laughs> so I didn't know about it before. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. Shape the band. <laughs> Well, I shaped it. Well, I listened to a, a lot of uh, metal and punk when I was oh, younger, nice. but the like the, the post rock thing came like kind of like quickly. Specifically, Sigur Rós because my parents were listening to Sigur Rós, so it was like I was kind of young when I found found out about the Sigur Rós, and uh, I liked it. So yeah. it, uh, it's it stayed with me. Yeah, you always already just like this is nice. <laughs> When I think of cathartic music, I think of really abrasive sort of metal. But I mean, in a way, something as soft and delicate as 
post-rock can be its own sort of catharsism. So, well, cool. I kind of wanted to jump into some other stuff though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I noticed that you guys have zines and then you have really cool t-shirt that you made and just on the art side. Yeah, the, the, the first zine for the first album was like a call for contribution. We did a lot of people did collage and art, whatever. Yeah, the first zine is like so many people. Maybe 10, ten people. Some of some people of the band did uh, some uh, visuals to it also, huh? but uh, a lot of friends helped us with that. Back to that sort of community feel that you guys have. Mm-hmm. Great, great, great. So three albums, and then, I mean... Right now, you're making this album, and you've been doing a bunch of shows. How are you balancing that, working on a full album? What's your schedule like when you're making the album? How much time do you have to put into that during the day? Well, it, I guess it depends. It's like, uh, like because, uh, like, we all have, like, uh, projects and, like, uh, trips, and, like, uh, some people don't even live in Montreal, so it's more like, uh, I feel like sometimes we just, we have, like, rush, like, we, oh, we like, uh, there's like a concentrated period where we work, but but it, it all depends. Like it all okay. depends. Okay. Because like for the, the new album, a lot of work, uh, uh, like almost all the work has been done by Charlotte on her computer. Like uh, so, like a lot of work was done like remotely, like without like okay. us being okay. uh, all okay. in, in a room uh, together. Yeah, yeah. That's important to know because, I mean, sometimes people might just be thinking you guys are always in a boarding studio or something as a full band. The the new album, the recording was very, very quick. It was like uh, se- seven days in the uh, studio and the, that was pretty much it. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, like all the, the the preparation was already made. So it was just like, right. But then, and that's a whole new process for us because like, for example, like the first and the second album, we were like seeing each other, like uh, jamming like twice a twice a week for it. Yeah, yeah. Like a few years. So and then like for the new album, uh, we drastically changed uh, the approach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you want to ask that challenge uh, for Barn? Yeah, at some point we were a bit like tired uh, practicing every week. Yeah, I'm sure. The COVID started and. My God, I know. Oh my God. We just stopped practicing, uh, seeing each other twice a week. Then it was like a good time to rethink how we, how we work together. Right. And like Casson, the the pianist, which uh, role is uh, uh, really important. Like she, uh, she moved to like, it's like a six hour drive. Like we all live uh, in Montreal, but uh, except Casson, it's like a six hour drive. So we have to really like, plan like make a schedule and uh, oh, like, okay. only plan like important rehearsals so like so Casson doesn't come uh, to Montreal for like no- nothing just noodling around so <laughs> noodling <like>, around <laughs> I like that term is that a is that a yeah. Montreal term yeah, but I, I know, I heard it a lot. Like, I don't think it's a Montreal thing, but that, that's a music thing for sure. I got to do some research now, so I know the lingo. Before we, you know, head out, you're working together. How does that work smoothly? What do you think makes, you know, a good team and a good band? Do you think as a band it's important for that kind of stuff to happen? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Communication, definitely, and like respecting, we all have different obligation, different boundaries, 
um, different like energy that we can give. So I would say like respecting that. And yeah, I think the pandemic was like, like we completely stopped playing for a few months. So it was like a time to like reflect and a lot of bands didn't make it after the pandemic. Like a lot of groups uh, stopped playing together because they kind of lost the momentum. So I think, I think for us, it was like time to think about what do we want to change? Is there like, yeah, some, do we want to do this? And to me, it was like motivating because I was like, I really want to do this. I really want to keep this, keep going. So I'm like willing to make more yeah, sacrifice yeah. or like move some stuff around. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And a part of it uh, for sure is just like wanting to be there and wanting to play this particular music, like, like just like enjoying the, the time we spend playing like post rock music. Like. Yeah, just like yeah, of course. Wanting to do like this aesthetic and th this stuff. And I, I think it's also about not doing everything together like we did in the past. That is really time and energy consuming. And a lot of the responsibilities that the thing we have to do for the band, we, we make little committees to to make sure that all, all we have to do is made, but not like everything together. Did you recently do one or two, right? You did some show, didn't you? Yeah. I've never been to Canada. I've never, I always wanted to go. I have no clue what the music scene and especially the live music scenes out, like what it's like. I know I'm from Baltimore and Baltimore is so small and there was a huge DIY culture. Like what's the social music scene like? Montreal is like has a big reputation for culture, mm. music, a lot of DIY shows a lot of like smaller venues which um if we compare it to Toronto I've heard that Toronto used to have those venues but because of like gentrification a lot of them closed 
And this is happening to Montreal too. Like that, like a lot of small venues who don't, you know, make a lot of money, who like the owners just want to kind of promote music and culture in general. They are having a harder time because the rents are so high and like the city is building condos. So, but it is, it has a big reputation. What kinds of venues do you guys play at? What are some of your favorite music venues out there that you've you've played at or something? Yeah, well, there's like a, a lot of like in the range of like the small venues. There's like there's like a lot going on. Like it's like mm-hmm. when you start like going like big like the bigger venues are less accessible also. So we, we just don't uh, we just don't play yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. those places. But there's a lot of like bar venues. But there's also like uh, some uh, really nice uh, in betweens. Meaning that uh, there there are some bars that have a separate uh, a separate uh, place for the shows. So it's a bar you can go every day, but cool. they have like a, a closed section yeah. with uh, like the the venue like ne- next door. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, for example, there's a the Tsubo House, which is a kind of like a, a punk place, very okay. very nice place. Yeah. And uh, there's also uh, La Casa del Popolo. And Casa de Popolo is probably my favorite mm-hmm. place. Nice. Mm-hmm. It's like, it has like a hundred people capacity. I don't know. I feel like I get more out of smaller venues. I don't know. You can come up afterwards and say hi to the musicians. The sound's a little bit better if you're, you know, you can get really close. Certainly way better for that community building. And you can, you can organize a show yourself. So you can save a lot of money from like, middle person yeah yeah you, know. like, you don't need like a booking agent or something yeah which we don't have we we do most of the the booking and the planning ourselves so it, those venues are more accessible to us and perfect perfect yeah. perfect cool no i, I like that and That's also a lot of them are also a lot of them are or some of them are free so you just yeah you just have to go and they make money out of the beers they sell and okay so how much are drink prices <laughs> <laughs> in Montreal yeah it's how been much raising are... the last few months so it's uh, it's like eight dollars okay or a pint, pint? yeah so pint. like with with tips and all you can <laughs> yeah you got it uh, from approximately like 10 or $11. yeah yeah 10 or 12 but like the venues we we play um the like La Casa del Popolo, which uh, Charlotte cited, like you tend to have like the the like kind of like the lower prices because it's yeah. like places that have like this this bit of like alternative mission to like uh, pr- provide like a nice a nice space. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, just checking the prices for no reason. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's definitely something worth checking out, especially because, like you mentioned, Montreal has this huge history of music and culture. Do you guys like? Would you ever do performances at events at like arts crafts or maybe at a restaurant? Are there any types of contexts that you guys have performed that have been outside of just at a regular venue or something? Mm-hmm. Last spring, we played in a church with a collective called Hiatus. So they organize they organize shows in churches. Cool, cool. Uh, it was a really great, great experience. It's really yeah. fun to play in an environment where the reverb yeah. is just. I bet, yeah, no, it's insane. <laughs> yeah, the ceiling was crumbling as we played. Early. Yeah. yeah, it was an old really? church. Yeah, falling apart in the background. Yeah. <laughs> nice. 
you mentioned you just did something with a collective. Do you ever do other sorts of, I think it would be different if you were to have like a guest do an instrument in a song, but have you ever done a collaboration with a whole nother band featuring this band or something or not really? Yeah, well, we did a, like a featuring with a rapper. <laughs> With a French rapper called Ray Sylvie, yeah. With your post-rock, you did it? Yeah, like a post-rock vibe. It was more of a spoken word thing oh. that then goes to a, a, a drill music. A drill beat? Yeah. You put it. <laughs> uh, let me, let me see that for a second. The beat maker, the, the beat maker um, took the part that we composed yeah, yeah. to make it uh, like in a drill beat. That's really cool. I like yeah. that. It's really it's cool. And we'd love to do things like that. Yeah. In yeah. The future. That would be like kind of like a plan for the next release would be to do like a collaboration. Because once uh, we did a, a live show and we uh, we did a live show with a few artists and we had the, the chance to have a backwash do a, a verse uh, okay. on one of, like one of our songs. And it was really, really fun, really fun to do. We'd love to uh, do that again for sure. Kind of get out of the post-truck <laughs> box. Um, but we also had, a while back, we also had a few shows where people read poetry. Like we yeah. played and then they also read poetry at the same time, which I thought was interesting. So, yeah. But but it, but it's like we, we used to do that more like before, but like, I don't know, since the pandemic, like we, we yeah. kind of like dropped that. I don't know. But for the next album, we also invited a, a poet to write poems for our next zine that will uh, come with the, the album. Uh, yeah. And uh, and their name is Nevi Juma. And we'd love to ha add some of uh, their poetry to music to the event or something. We, we have to think about it, but... Uh, yeah. It's interesting because I actually never thought about doing that. I could actually picture you guys like going into a venue or whatever, doing whatever, and doing all of your songs that are long enough to have probably like 10 poets or something. I could totally see you guys hosting a sort of a music setting and then poets and artists could come either, you know, do a do a piece, you know, say their poetry or do something on the side. Your music sort of fits that. I feel like that vibe you know mm -hmm. yeah interesting to hear you guys have actually done that that's mm -hmm. awesome i love that would you ever do like a little bit of mixing a little electronic mixing a little weird offbeat type stuff with anything for future projects maybe i'm asking are you guys going to do any other projects individually or other stuff that you're working on that's a little bit different than your current band yeah well, well we we'd love to experiment a few other things and I'd like to add a little bit of noise to our music, but this is something we have to talk Not about. Quite yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hold your horses, we gotta do this. Uh... <laughs> it's on the table that, like, the next uh, yeah. project, like, the next album we'll be doing will be a collaboration. More in, uh, industrial, perhaps more. Sure. So you're open. Yeah. That's sort of like my question is, like, are you open? I feel like every musician, if they're actually adopt a musician attitude, you kind of want to do whatever, you know? You don't want to be tied mm -hmm. down with that box, like you guys said. Mm -hmm. no. It's important to have the box because you can define yourself in a weird way. It's important mm -hmm. to have that language and that definition, but you can't be pigeonholed. You know? mm -hmm. It's important for us to get out of the, like, 
typical post-rock genre and kind of like mix it with other stuff because it it is a, a genre that's been around for like 20 years now and it can be quite like hmm? and it's really codified now yeah that's true yeah and it can be like like some bands are like very similar to each other which is fine but i think we want to kind of get things moving a bit more and create yeah yeah something mm -hmm. a bit more upbeat <laughs> yeah yeah honestly i consider your guys's music really really like soothing and peaceful and calming kind of i guess a little melancholy but i don't know i don't get negative vibes at all from your music mm. yeah <laughs> great i feel like we don't we don't fit as individuals uh, we don't fit that much in like the post-rock depressed yeah. sad musician type who like looks yeah. at their shoes and doesn't yeah. like engage with the public which at first i think we tried to impersonate and yeah. like um yeah we tried to do that and then we were like but we're we're happy <laughs> like we're we're joyful people and like happy to be there so i think we're like trying to show that in shows like to show that we're happy we yeah, yeah, yeah. like we're glad it's to be fun. there yeah it's you're having fun right you know like you're having fun and sure it probably does help with certain music helps with your emotions it sure does with that you know but that doesn't mm -hmm. mean you're following in your it's not like it's not the type of post-rock where it's defined by its misery you know what I mean? yeah yeah but there's definitely like those the the how can i say this this aesthetic in post-rock of, of being miserable and like i remember once we did a show and we were we had there were there were other post-rock bands and um, when we deloaded, we were so happy. We kept on singing, we kept on laughing, and like those other bands would seemed really sad. And I was like, "Are you guys okay?" You know. So I think, <laughs> yes, I think it's important to show like our personality also. Agreed. I agree. That's what I was really happy about interviewing y'all. You sort of exude that energy from the vibes that I've seen on the internet. Mm -hmm. I can see the uh, non misery. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's nice. <laughs> yeah, we're we're not the sad boys. We're more more like the happy queers. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's refreshing, though. It's so refreshing. It's so refreshing. Yeah. Before we head off, I was having a really good time with the interview, and it's great to hear you guys um chat about things you love. Your new album. Tell us the if you can. I don't know if it's secret. Can you tell us the name again and when that will be out? You know what to look forward to within these next few weeks mm. so uh, the next album will be out uh, in may soon and so really soon and uh, we still have to figure out how we're gonna, gonna name it and oh we're still figuring it out cool cool, cool. yeah we're still figuring it out and we cool. we just received also the poems that will accompany the the album and then yeah yeah then, uh, take inspiration from the poems Nice, nice. Is it going to be a longer album than the previous ones, or is it going to be shorter? It's going to be way longer, in fact. Way like uh, approximately an hour album. Nice. With mm -hmm. more like a, a ambient or like electroacoustic, uh, like detours. Like, uh, with Slickers, the, the previous album was really like uh, like a chunk of like, like three songs with like transitions, but this time we, we have like, we, we have songs, but I feel like we have more like uh, experimental stuff oh cool we still don't have a, a date for like a, i i think the the actual release of the music but we have a like the 
the show for the release will be uh, May 20th. Oh, cool. So you're doing a release show. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. awesome. Okay, cool. Which cool. is the name of the venue. Awesome. Well, I am so glad you guys took your time out of your day to just chat with me a little bit so I can find out a little bit more about your band, where you guys are headed. Yeah, I guess this is just me saying thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank, you. thank you. Thank you for having us and inviting us. Yeah, for sure. And I'm now going to be looking forward to the May release.